The book was better. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. And I'm Taylor Colette. And today we are continuing our Agatha Christie journey. However, interestingly enough, and not not super interestingly enough, we did mention, um, so our last episode we did Murder on the Orient Express, where we did talk about how Agatha Christie liked to write about two detectives in particular, and both of these books are about her detective, Hercule Poirot. Poirot. Um, But it's not like, chronologically speaking, in the books, Death on the Nile comes after Murder on the Orient Express. Because it's not, that's that's not the case at all. (laughs) Uh, Death on the Nile is actually the 16th Hercule, uh, Hercule Poirot book that she wrote. It's the 16th one. Yeah, it's, there's a lot. Whereas Murder on the Orient Express. I think it was number nine. I feel like when I added it to my Goodreads, it said it was number nine. Yep, it's number nine. Okay. <laughs> so, not the first, not the last. I mean, they are the more well-known mysteries that she wrote, which is why they have been turned into movies more often. And it's not like a huge spoiler, really, to talk about them because they are so well-known that for the most part, people already know, like, what that twist is and how they end. Um, But it's interesting because in the end of the movie, Murder on the Orient Express they hint immediately that, oh, right after this, I have to go he's to going Egypt. straight to Egypt. But it's like, technically, no. if you're looking at the books, he, he solves a so whole much. bunch of other crimes. <laughs> he does so much in between, in between the two. So. But uh, before we really dig, dive into that much further... We do just want to celebrate a little bit. This is our 50th official episode. If we're not counting minisodes, this is our 50th episode. So it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a 50. That's a lot. That's a a lot lot of episodes. That's a lot of books read and a lot of movies talked about. Yeah. A lot of time dedicated, right? Yes, so, many, many an hour. Many hours. So <laughs> thank you if you have listened to all 50, if you have stuck with us throughout the whole journey. We appreciate it and your patience and understanding because we know even... How long have we been doing this now? Is it two years? A year We're, and a half? Mm, no, I think we've hit the two-year mark because i've been in hawaii for almost two years and we started before i came here so we're over two years so there you go for for two years and even everybody knows even two years in we're still not the most organized sometimes when it comes to doing this you'd think two years we'd figure it out but we have claimed from episode one if you go back that we have no idea what we're doing we're just doing this for fun and we don't claim to be professionals. And that hasn't no. changed in we 50 never episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but 
thank you uh, for continuing to listen and uh, joining us on this journey because we've had a lot of fun. Um, 50 episodes, that's pretty exciting. And uh, here's to, to 50 more. We'll, we'll, we'll get to 100 at one point and then we'll be like, what, 100? That's insane. Okay. In another two in, years. <laughs> now, well, here's the thing. If we don't take any more unplanned hiatuses, it'll come sooner. So That's true. That's true. But we make no promises because, again, we are not professionals. So. No. But we appreciate whether you're new or old, um, whether this is your first episode that you're listening to or you've been here for all 50. Thank you for your support and for hanging in there with us. Yeah. Any other announcements that you can think of? Um, yeah, I mean, we are just kind of trying to whip through these last episodes before. Don't post that photo. Oh, no, you going froze. to post this photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Did I freeze? Oh, man. Connectivity issues. Oh, we're back. We're back. We're mm-hmm. back. Everything's broken. I can hear and see you. Can you not hear and see me? <laughs> I can now. You're back now. Okay. You went to take a photo and it ruined everything. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to commemorate us recording our 50th episode. <laughs> do I look terrible in the photo? Both of us do. It's amazing. <laughs> Great. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, (laughs) announcements announcements uh i think by the time you hear this episode we've pretty much recorded everything for the rest of the year which is kind of crazy i mean we probably have there might be like one thing left but but for the most part if we follow the schedule, which we're so good at following, uh, by the time this comes out, we should have recorded everything for the rest of the year. Um, well, we have but, a pretty harsh deadline because I'm having a baby. So. Yeah. Yeah. Can't move that. Can't move that day too much. Um, but if you want to be involved in deciding our reading calendar for the next year, definitely go over mm-hmm. to social media at TBWD podcast and let us know what you want to see us cover next year um help us make some tough decisions there and just if you want to be involved in giving fan faux pas uh answering like instagram polls just you know being a part of the community definitely go check it all out wherever you do your social medias um but yeah i think that's the only announcement that i have um yeah I think that's it, too. My only thought was, yeah, uh, we only have through the end of the year planned and scheduled out. So we'll be doing a whole new reading calendar and let us know what you want to hear about. So we good to dive in then? Yes. Awesome. And we shall dive into... Oh, I guess also happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. When this episode comes out. When this episode. This is the problem with recording in advance. I forget 
big Hi. national holiday. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in America. If you're not in America, then happy regular old Wednesday and Thursday. But if you're in America, <laughs> happy eat some good food. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, gorge yourself or don't gorge yourself. Happy Whatever Thanksgiving. Let's talk you about feel murder. good doing. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> talk about death on the Nile. The perfect Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> the perfect Thanksgiving story to finish your day. Okay. Um, so we're going to dive into it. So uh, Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. Uh, the book was published back in 1937. And the movie just recently came out this year in 2022. So um, we're on it with this one. Like I mentioned this is Agatha Christie's 16th book that focuses on the detective Hercule Poirot. Clearly, we're not we haven't talked about 16 movies, so. No, they uh, only covered the two. We're and only we're focusing specifically on the Kenneth Branagh. Directed movies the, the because there have thing, been other movies adapted from Agatha Christie's books. Yeah. The hard thing with Death on the Nile coming out this year is there is a possibility that they'll make more. I don't think so, personally. Okay. Based on the ending of this movie. We'll talk about it. It's yeah. It's part of my number one, so we will get into it, but. But, yeah. Like, obviously, there is still a small chance that at some point they could make more. Yeah. Which would be funny, and we would cover them then. But I think these two are, like... Probably they don't they don't follow, you know, it's not like the Lord of the Rings where like the story ends in one movie or book and immediately picks up where it left off yeah. in the last movie or book. These are essentially standalone. There just happen to be two out but with so. some civ similar character like that, that surrounds one character. Yeah, basically two in this one. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. So. First of all, and I think this is a first. So if we're looking at our lineup here, it is exactly the same as Murder on the Orient Express. Wow. Five years later, right? Because Murder on the Orient Express came out in 2017. In 2022, the exact same lineup. So director Kenneth Branagh, screenplay Michael Green, music by Patrick Doyle, and casting by Lucy Bevan. I don't think we have ever seen that. We've obviously seen overlap with they carry the director across with maybe one of the screenplay writers or maybe the music guy stays the same but something changes in that line yeah almost always across a series so this is i, I really did i mean correct us if we're wrong if you can think of a again this is our 50th episode so we've now talked about 50 movies but <clears throat> I think there's a lot of merit no, to that. No matter what, it's a it's a big deal. Despite the fact that we are going to talk about some grievances here, there's no denying that this is a very well done movie and it's very entertaining and enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I would say it has a good continuity of effect from Murder on the Orient Express to Death on the Nile. Like they feel cohesive in yeah. the making of them. And it makes sense when you're like, oh, it's the exact same people. No wonder it flows so well, even though the storylines are different. Like just the way that the movies are, are very similar. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. 
And I think that that's where you get that. They brought across a lot of the same talent from the from the first one. So, yeah. Um, brief summary for those who have not read the book, have not seen the movie and or it's been a while. We have our same detective, Hercule Poirot. He's now in Egypt. And he finds himself invited to. It's not the wedding. It's essentially like a honeymoon with friends. It's kind of weird. Essentially for this newlywed couple. It's one of the differences. We'll talk about it. Regardless of why he's in Egypt, they differ. He's in Egypt and finds himself on a boat on the Nile where a murder takes place of an heiress. She's real rich, got lots of money. And again, similar to like the train where they're all trapped on this vehicle, this vehicle of types, right? Like it's a boat in the middle of the Nile. It's been, it's not like you're in a hotel on land where somebody can just easily come and go. You could come and go off the boat, but like you think somebody would hear the splash or, you know, you know, all the passengers and somebody would be missing. Right. So makes the suspect pool very specific, follows a very similar outline, I guess, um, for the previous mystery murder on the Orient Express, but with new twists and turns where there's jealousy and deceit and spoilers galore, of course. Right. But it ends up being the husband, which isn't a, was never a surprise to me. And anybody who's like into true crime, you always suspect the husband first, even yeah. if it is a new husband and they think and it seems like they're super in love. Oh, a wife gets killed immediately. The first suspect is the spouse. OK, that yep. is just True Crime 101. So not surprising to me that that was the, the turnout, but maybe it surprised some other people. Um, I think this real surprising part is that it was the plan all along with this previous lover of his who turns his up fiance and is crazy. And she's awesome in the movie. But um, of course, in this case, there's not just one death. There's multiple murders that take place in this book and movie. Yeah. And not to worry, though, because Hercule Poirot figures it all out. Or Hercule. I always want to say his name wrong. Why did she have to pick such a weird name for her detective that's in so many books? Anyway. Because <laughs> um, you'll always remember when you it. read it, it's in your head. It doesn't matter. I don't want to have to say it out loud so much. It's a classic uh, Hermione situation. Yeah, Hermione. <laughs> that is how I read her name when I first started reading those books. Exactly. Not so with his name, I can say England. Hercule Poirot if I want. It doesn't matter. Poirot. Okay. <laughs> Poirot. It um, doesn't he matter. It. <laughs> he solves it in the end. It's a nifty little twist. It's it's a, it's another classic mystery. Where, you know, it ends up being, oh, the husband did it and there was jealousy and money and greed and stuff involved. Right. Like very classic stuff. So. That's my little summary. Um, we'll get into our grievances now. Taylor went first last time, so I will go first today. But my third one actually isn't a grievance. 
because I have to talk about the cast and it's not a bad so thing. Good. Like the cast for this movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Gal Gadot. I love her so love much. I love her so much. But it's not just Gal Gadot, right? Like, and obviously Kenneth Branagh is amazing. And I still am confused all the time about how does someone both cast themselves? Like, direct and act. Like, I just don't understand how that... Because you can't see the scene happening. And isn't that kind of important from a director's... But whatever. I assume he had a second director (laughs) who was very involved. An assistant director? Well, if he did, they are not listed under cast and crew with everybody else. (laughs) Oh, no. So... Um, Obviously, Letitia Wright is... Just phenomenal. She's just yes. a goddess. Such a good job. Well, I like Army Hammer as well. Uh, I think he does a good job. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of controversy around him. So I... I I've heard can't... that too, but I don't know why. So I'm a little disconnected with that. But That's... I do remember seeing something on Instagram, maybe. It's a big, it was like, a big he, thing. He's been canceled for something. And I'm like... Yeah, there's like a whole documentary on it, I think. Seriously? Yeah. Maybe I don't love Army Hammer. Yeah. So I I think it's controversy. I think it's called I think it's called House of Hammer or something like that. Interesting. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, television miniseries. Okay, so don't cancel me for saying I like him. But currently, I was like, that's why I cut in. I was like, well. It's yeah, it's um, mainly like a, a abuse, I think, is the main thing. Ooh, that's not good. Because I like him in like everything I've seen him in, because like the man from Uncle is, I feel like a very underrated film. I've re- I really liked that one. Yeah, I love the man from Uncle. Um, and I don't know how much of the documentary is true. I also haven't looked into it that much. I just know there's controversy, so I'm I don't want to say anything one way or the other. I think that his acting in this film was well done and I'll leave it at that. Um, but I also think that Emma Mac- oh my Ma- Mackey possible cannibalism. What is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what's true anymore. <laughs> Sorry that I had to send you down this rabbit hole. Okay, that's insane. Okay, well, oof. Okay, that's a whole thing. Okay, um, then let's move on from him. But Emma um, Emma Mackey, I think is how you say her name. Mackey, uh, who plays Jacqueline, does a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. She's gorgeous. So that's who I wanted to talk about, really, because I think that her acting is so good in this film, especially when it comes to loving friend to like the the tears and like being kind of crazy. Yeah. But she has to convince that she's not crazy, but then she is. And like that little bit of. And that final scene around her, that final scene where she breaks down is just like, it's so good. She does a really good job. So, of um, course, Tom Bateman is great. He was in the last one. He's in this one. I'm going to talk about him more. 
But we're gonna talk about it. But um, how great. about the fact that freaking Russell Brandt is in this? Yeah, I didn't realize that at first. Well, because they kind of like look like he doesn't look like himself. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like change how he normally looks, and it really does throw you off a little bit. Yeah, um, I was like, oh my! God. I remember like the first time I watched it. I always like to watch the credits for, for just to see who's in the film, kind of thing. Yeah, like who didn't um, I recognize? Yeah, and or or just like. I didn't know who Emma Mackey was. And at the end of this movie, I was like, wow, I was really impressed with her performance. And then it's like, holy crap, who the wait, Russell Brand was in this. And I'm like going yeah. to Google because like, and I need to see the pictures side by side. And like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rose Leslie also is great. She played the maid. She's great. Yeah, she played Louise. Yeah. And Sophie Okonedo, 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 a phenomenal voice. On her. Oh, the singer, yeah. Yeah, the jazz singer. She's so funny. <sighs> and, like, she's got such, like, a she vibe. Well, and I really I really liked the the chemistry between Sophie and Letitia Wright. Yeah, yeah. They were really cute. Where they really, I think, played well off of each other in that dynamic um, where they're supposed to be family, right? It's not mother yeah. and daughter, Cousin Even though that's what it niece. is in the book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's aunt and niece. niece. Yeah. Um, and then Annette Benning and Jennifer Saunders are hilarious. great. They play off of each other very well. Um, yeah, really. A, just again, a great cast. Props to Lucy Bevan, because, again, she just knocked it out of the park as that casting director. I know and there's then, a team. I know it's not like she individually selected she all She individually people, picked them out of a crowd. She was the casting director, so I'm going to give it to her right now because I'm not. Yeah. I imagine there's a whole slew of people that would be listed under. And then uh, the only person that. we really haven't talked about, Ali Fazal. I've never seen him in anything before, but I think he did a great job. Um, I think this was kind of. People. That we technically haven't talked about because this movie did have quite a few people in it, but yeah. But of like the main, the main people. Yeah, of like the main suspects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, he also did a really good job, and like especially again in that kind of double acting, where you could really see the layers. Mm hmm. Because that's the thing with these kind of murder mystery movies, where like. They you are trying to figure it out. And so they have to play their character in such a way where they don't give it away. But there's still enough there that maybe you could read it and figure it out. So props to all of them. Well, you have to act like a character who is lying. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're not just an actor acting the story. You're acting the the character who was then acting. Yeah. Right. Double like to try and get it. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's good. And impressive. It's good. So yeah, my number three is technically an anti grievance. I thought the casting was really well done and really helped make the movie, despite its differences from the book, still very enjoyable. So. Um, mine is a, a grievance of sorts. Um, I am not super upset about it to be fair but i just this is more of a fun learning opportunity for maybe people who don't know 
Um, one, it's it's mainly just that they changed a few of the like key props, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. In the book, uh, what's his name? Now I just want to call him Army Hammer. <laughs> what's the guy's name? Simon. Simon. Simon Doyle. Yes, Simon uses nail polish, red nail polish, to fake the injury, um, to fake the blood from the shot uh, that he stole. Mm -hmm. In the movie, they changed that to red paint because Book's mother is an artist, and so they changed it to red paint. I I don't know why they made that change. I don't really think it needed to be changed. But maybe there's like some more scientific reason behind the change (laughs) that I don't know. Paint, I imagine, takes longer to dry than nail polish. Maybe. Maybe more convincing as blood. I have no idea. Or like the way it changes color in the water to like. Do I have any? No. Any scientific knowledge behind, like, the compounds that goes into either of those? No. No. (laughs) So, again, tiny change, kind of weird. But the other change, which is a little bit bigger, is in the movie and in the book, Lynette has a very expensive necklace. Um, Mm -hmm. In the book, it is a string of pearls. And it is honestly one of the first things that is mentioned in the book. Yep. It's this. $50,000 string of pearls (laughs) that she has. I don't know. Um, Personally, I'm I'm all about pearls. I I think I would be more tempted by pearls than diamonds. (laughs) um, But a fun fact in the movie, they changed it to be a replica of the Tiffany diamond, which is for those who don't know, a priceless jewel that was found in Egypt um and later cut and polished that is kept by tiffany and co a very famous jewelry company um and it's like a yellow diamond and it is huge it has only been worn three times the most recent by lady gaga on the red carpet at an event um Hmm. yeah i know that uh but other than that it is mainly kept in as a display item or in a tightly locked safe Um, and yeah, so it is, I guess they decided, I don't know if they had a deal with Tiffany or what, (laughs) but they even have like the Tiffany box and everything. Like, how can we get further marketing? How can, can we partner with some, some jewelry company to to help us fund this movie? (laughs) So, I mean, obviously it's a replica. They did not use the actual Tiffany diamond in making Death on the Nile um, Mm because it is priceless. But they did a replica of it and it is a gorgeous necklace, but it is not what was in the book. So it's not I don't really care. I'm like, it's still a pretty expensive necklace that someone wants to steal. That's the key part. (laughs) And they didn't change that. But I did think it was kind of a funny change that I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Did you have a deal with Tiffany? What what was going on? Probably. I bet yeah. we could find out if we yeah. really Googled hard enough. Um, but yeah, so that's my number three. Not anything too big, but just some fun facts. If you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, my number two 
Now we're getting into grievances, actual grievances. <laughs> now we're getting there. Um, so this one stems originally from why Poirot is in Egypt. And so this is what I've kind of gathered. I have not read of all of Agatha Christie's books. She has a ton of them. However, in both movies now, they have changed why he's where he is, essentially. And in both cases, in the book, it's literally he's just on holiday. (laughs) Like, why does he He start where he starts in the first one? Because he finished a case and then decided to go on vacation. And then his vacation got interrupted. He's a wealthy man. He's a very wealthy man. He's solved a lot of things and people have paid him a lot of money to do so. So same here. Similarly, he's in Egypt on holiday. He's not there because he was hired by anybody. So then there's this whole added thing that Taylor will talk more about when she talks about characters and book specifically but in the movie they do this whole oh you know he was actually in egypt to begin with because book's mother hired him to come and investigate his relationship with rosalie so dumb which doesn't make any sense because the relationship with rosalie in the book was actually approved on by the mom Mom doesn't care. Mom likes Rosalie in the book. But maybe they felt like, no, him just being on vacation, too circum, like too much of like a... Too boring. Too much of a hap, like a happenstance. Like yeah. It's too much of a... What's the but word that's I'm looking the for thing. that I can't think of? It's a coincidence. Coincidence. It's too coincidental. We have to give him a reason to be there. It's like, but no, that's the, the coincidence thing. is what makes it interesting in the first place. That's like that no every single one of goes, her books. He gets dragged into these things. He can't like, escape it. Murder follows him. <laughs> inevitably. But on top of that, the majority of the other characters, not all of them, but the majority of them are also there by chance they're just on it's the boat not like on vacation they're on the boat by chance they're not there because every single character has been invited to celebrate the wedding of lynette and simon yeah like that's a movie thing that is not a book thing and it's weird who does it that? is weird just I, go on your I, honeymoon it's <laughs> I mean, it was a different time. And also they were vacationing in Egypt. Like that's something that I haven't done. And a lot of people these days probably haven't done because the Middle East has been somewhat tumultuous of late. Yes. um, I don't know. I just thought it was especially because in the movie, they also kind of played it off as um, this wasn't even the plan, but now look, we rented this whole boat. Let's all get on it. It was like, what? Like, And then the fact that Jacqueline just like happens to get on this up, boat. Like, it's so weird when it's, and it makes it make even less sense and makes her look a gazillion times more suspicious in the movie. Yeah. Because it is like a privately rented boat by that point and then she just shows up this steamboat in the film was privately rented so that it was like just them 
just them and their guests and the staff that they hired specifically for the trip. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's there's just guests. They're just on a boat with other people who happen to also buy tickets for this boat. So it makes more sense that Jacqueline could get on and find a place and board because it wasn't some private event. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she, especially in the movie, it just made not only her more suspicious, but it also made Simon more suspicious because I was like, oh, she just happens to know that they were going to be on this boat. No, someone told her. Told her. Yeah. And I feel like and it kind of The only made person it more she obvious. has a connection with is Simon in this case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it kind of made it more obvious that they were in cahoots. And I did think that I read I watched the movie before I read the book. And like very early on, I was like, the husband's going to kill her. <laughs> like, I just having not read this book before, like I actually didn't know what the ending was. Like it was no. not hard for me to guess what the ending would be based on the movie's hints. No, and I will so, say the movie, unlike in Murder on the Orient Express, where I was kind of like mm-hmm. intrigued and I was like, I don't know, because everyone did it so it is hard to be like who did it and then you're like oh duh Mm -hmm. they're all in on it whereas in this one about like by like the hour mark i was like yeah it it was it was him i don't like i don't know the full details you know because he got shot in the legs and i was like i'm still trying to figure that out but he definitely killed her (laughs) Yeah, it was like he was definitely a part of it, even if he hired somebody else to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like he's definitely the bad guy. Yeah, so, um, but that's my number two. I just, not everything has to have a reason. Like, it doesn't always have to be so planned out to every individual Life thing. isn't like, like that. Just, no, like, just let there, let there be happenstance. Let there be coincidence. But, yeah, that's my number two. Fair enough. Honorable mentions. Wait, I didn't say my number two. Oh, I forgot I went first. You went first. <laughs> Just kidding. You're number two and then honorable mentions. <laughs> yes. Um, so I want to talk specifically about Lynette for a moment and the difference between book Lynette and movie Lynette. I, and this one's interesting because it's a grievance but it's a hard grievance for me to admit because I love Gal so much. She does such a good job. She is I think just. I think. I think. But her that's part of the problem. Was probably part of the change. <laughs> because you like her too much. Because <laughs> Gal does yeah. such a good job, and she. They kept the wealth. They kept the elegance, but they took away the arrogance in the movie. Yeah. So you don't like in the book when Lynette dies, I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, oh, no murder. But also I was like, I don't I didn't have a personal connection to Lynette in the book. I just, you know, I was like, oh, that's sad. She's young. She had so much life ahead of her. But she kind of was like kind of cocky and was um, like also You weren't very nice to people, so it's not surprising that you probably had lots of enemies. And the line where she's like, I don't have any enemies. I'm like, so you're just being stupid now. Like, come on, Chica. Yeah. I'm like, you're arrogant. They made her smarter. They made her a lot smarter. And softer in the movie. And more likable. So when she dies, you're so sad about it. And I remember, because I watched the movie before I read the book, 
So I didn't fully know who was going to die. Obviously, I had a guess. I'm like, probably the rich person's going to die. But I didn't fully know. And then I liked her a lot. And then she died. And I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. And it made me like really invested and really sad that she died. So that's why it's like a grievance, mainly because I wanted to focus more on the mystery of it and be less just sad about her death. And at the end of the movie, still be kind of like bummed because I'm like, she's still dead. I'm still sad about that. So many people that. died, and for what? Like, Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a grievance in a selfish way, almost, where I didn't want to care as much about Lynette as I did. And Gal did too good of a job. <laughs> well, but I think that's why they did. Because, yeah, in the book, she's a lot more arrogant they make it really clear in the book that she did purposefully like go about wanting yeah. to steal it was out this, of jealousy. this guy away from her friend. But in the movie, it's played a lot more as we didn't plan on falling in love. I didn't want to fall in love with him. It just happened. I didn't want it. It just happened. You can't choose who you fall for, blah, blah, blah. Like she felt bad about it. Like. Yeah. And so very different it's, it's very sad. It's less. Oh, you kind of had it coming. <laughs> yeah. Like mm, karma. <laughs> yeah. Karma is my boyfriend. Like Taylor Swift would be all over this. She'd be all over this if this were real <laughs> and happening today, <laughs> because that is kind of like not a cool move you don't purposely try to steal your best friend's man like yeah yeah not so, cool girl book lynette when she dies you kind of are you kind of understand more still still not like we, like we said last time cool cool motive still murder like still murder it still doesn't give you the right to murder someone it doesn't give you the right to take justice into your own hands but like annoying that that's the kind of person she is i get it but yeah. it doesn't mean you can create this entire plot to to murder her and and try and steal all of her money so and i will say one more thing on that is the way that even like when she's talking with her maid or when she's talking with other people and the things you learn about her in the story before the cruise uh makes you realize how she could have made enemies besides just Jacqueline. Yeah, besides just Jackie. Yeah. She says Because again, stuff, she's not she some super stuff. nice person in the in the book. <laughs> Where it makes it again, so not just Jacqueline and Simon are suspicious. Mm -hmm. It it makes me be like, oh yeah, she wasn't very nice. She probably has a lot of enemies because she did this or she rejected that other guy. And I'm mm -hmm. sure he's bitter or she screwed this guy over. I'm sure he's Which bitter. Some of it was some of that was still present in the movie. But, but not as because much. she came across as a much more genuine and authentic person in the movie. It was hard to believe that so many people really had issue with her. And it again pointed more red arrows at Jackie and Simon. I'm like, yeah. that just, of, they, of course, they were Besides the ones. Besides a I want your money standpoint, right? Yeah. Like that's, she's an heiress. Of course, that's going to put a target on somebody. Yeah. No matter what. 
You got money. People want money. That's a thing. <laughs> yep. Okay. But yeah, that's my Anything number two. Else? Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to accidentally almost skip it. So now it was an important mentions. point. <laughs> yes. Now honorable mentions. One, uh, which is this is fun because I originally watched this movie with my mother-in-law. And mm, this fun. movie has a few scenes that are a little raunchier than they need to not, be. N- not not necessarily what you want to watch while sitting next to your mother-in-law. No. <laughs> the the your two conservative s- mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> like the this the dancing scene, I'm fine with dancing, but that was not representative of 1930s England club dancing. I mean, you weren't there in the 30s. You're you right. don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I have to imagine it didn't need to look like that. They um, amped it up. They, it's a normal, it's like such a thing that they just do now in movies. I, it's, yeah, I didn't love Sex it. Sex has to be amplified. I, it, and they then have to sexualize that's the other thing. more and more things. They just <laughs> talked about it so much. <laughs> That's not in the book. They never are like, oh, yeah, we've already done it twice today and we're probably going to do it again. And you're like, "Okay, (laughs) don't need to brag about that. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily announce that in a public place in the 1930s. I'd have to agree. (laughs) And then like sneaking off in that tomb to try to have sex. Also, didn't need that scene. (laughs) <laughs> it just it took away from the point of the movie which was mystery it's a mystery yeah. movie and yeah. again i say i mentioned this in our last episode as well why is it included if it's not either a developing a character or b moving forward the plot yeah and the, 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 those scenes didn't do much of either of those things so yeah Uh, So that's one of my big honorable mentions. I'd say one for me that's a change, not necessarily a negative thing, but just a change is um, on top of characters being switched around like the first movie. But you're going to talk more about that is the changes made to the relationship between Miss Van Schuler and uh, Miss Bowers. Where it was like Poirot had to like out them to everybody and like Yeah, that was an interesting choice for sure. I was like, okay, cool. Let them be lesbian lovers in peace. Like, I feel like it's one of those that that situations. Was alluded to at all in the book, because again, the book was written in the nineteen thirties. Yes. Um Representation matters. Cool. I'm not mad that it was in, like that that was what their but relationship I, is, but it was like a weird, like outing scene that he like yeah, did. I feel like I Later. obviously can't speak for the community because I'm not part of it, but I have seen a lot of people complain not about this movie specifically, but about other ones where it's like, don't just include it because you feel like you need to check a box off your list. Yeah. And this kind of felt like that where I'm like, it it wasn't necessary to have it be so thrown in there and then you just kind of like gloss over it and yeah it's like this weird (laughs) forcing them to admit it and then like that sounds like a nightmare (laughs) 
Yeah, it was like, that's not nice to them. Be nice to them. I mean, but it's a change. So if we're talking about changes, that is, a, yep. that is something that was not present in the book that they made present in the movie. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but again, not being a part of that community, I don't know. Can't say one way it's or the just other. Representation for representation's sake in that way is still looked at as a positive or not. I don't yeah. know. I just know that it kind of threw me through a loop when it happened. I was like, why is this again? Not the focus of the plot or the main mystery. Like what is happening? We're going off on a different track here. Like, And I feel like that is one thing that this movie did. They added a lot of subplots. Yeah. Which we'll both talk to about again in our number yeah. ones. So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm not going to cover in my number one, because I do cover a lot there and you cover a lot in your number one. Um, yeah. I guess a, a small anti-grievance, I would say, is I did love the costuming. I thought the costuming oh, yeah. was very fun. Well, again, in general, just not just the, the costuming, right? The casting was great. Costuming was great. Music was beautiful. The cinematography with yeah. some of those wider shots and everything like over the Nile of, you know, some of the architecture and like the ruins and things beautifully done. Very yeah. well done. Again, it was a wonderful movie to watch. Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. Just not a perfect adaptation of the book. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, but I think that's all the honorable mentions I have. It's not a lot, but yeah, like same. I said, I'm about to dive into we're, we're gonna dive into it a lot okay so with that so let's okay let's get Listen. into this uh i know it was already my number one in the last episode of murder on the orient express but i'm not gonna cover the same differences because no, this movie they like, made more <laughs> made more okay so in the first one, in our last episode, when we talked about Murder on the Orient Express, I talked about how Hercule Poirot as a character is very different from the book to the movie. I'm just going to build on that, essentially, because they just added even more changes with this one. So first of all, they give him this super tragic backstory where he was like, a soldier and the war and he had this love he loved this woman and he was gonna after the war they were gonna like get married and had plans and things but she died she was a nurse in the war i believe yeah it was very sad it was very sad very extreme very unnecessary um, <laughs> so he gets injured. Oh, it glitched. Are you still there? Still there? Okay, cool. So he gets injured in battle. And then his love interest, I don't think they ever even give us a name. Do they give us her name or anything? I don't think they do. I gets don't. killed. I didn't pay attention. In a bombing. <laughs> a bomb kills her. What a way to go. And... It's weird to me because at times it like at first 
because there's there's just like he's just got like a picture of her and mm -hmm. there's like a couple weird little flashbacks and things but it doesn't give you it all at once and at first you almost think like okay the reason he's not with her is because he chose his love of solving crime over yeah. her yeah but like that's not the case at all so like why even make that even why seem like allude a to that i don't know she died literally straight up died nothing he could have done about it nothing she could have done about it it was just tragic one of those crimes of war it's just a tragic thing that happens when war happens but in his injury from the war it leaves his face scarred which is why he has this ridiculously large mustache. They had to give a reason for him to have this mustache. And I was like, again, can't you just let people have things? Like, just let things exist. <laughs> let the man you have his mustache. Need, you don't need to give everything a backstory. Not every little detail needs to have a specific reason behind it. And all the worse, because again, in the books... Like the big overly sized mustache is like a huge part of this character. Yeah. And then at the end of this movie, he, he shaves, shaves it, it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't. What? I just. And then it like also adds in some like, oh, maybe he's, you know, got a love chance and like a love match with this other chick who doesn't yeah, care about singer. his scars, the jazz singer who he can shave for and then goes and visits her jazz club or whatever. And I'm like, what is happening? And this is why I don't think there will be more. <laughs> yeah, because you can't have Perot without his mustache. Without his mustache. You just That's can't not, do that. You can't do it. No. It's no. So that and... Yeah, other mistakes which you'll talk about um that this that i think this movie probably made um make it so that i don't think they'll be making then, anymore with this specific yeah. grouping but i was really like even before i read the book when he shaved his mustache off i was like excuse you yeah like that's a kind of important part of who what like yeah. So. And then obviously the same things that you said from last time are still true. He's still too uh -huh. actiony. <laughs> too overly confident, doesn't yeah. use he's too he's too big of a man. <laughs> yeah. He's too in the action instead of like a sideline observer. Yep. So. Um yes. So you can dive into yours now. Yes. And it's a doozy. So, um, let's see here. Where do I even begin? Uh, so, Death on the Nile, obviously Murder on the Orient Express had a big cast. Uh, 12 characters, really more than 12. But there's like, I think like 14 main people in Murder on the Orient Express that you have to keep track of. At least. Like suspect wise. Um, which is a decent chunk of people. Death on the Nile, the original a sizable cast. book, has a lot of suspects to keep track of. So I understand they wanted to pare that down a little bit for the movie, try to make it mm -hmm, a little easier. Sure. Um, so they make 
they replace a few characters, combine a few characters, and then just straight up eliminate some characters. And we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll go through those uh, first for just people who aren't even in it. Uh, Colonel Race, who's kind of like on his own, like has his own reasons for being there. And it's like kind of Perot's like confidant throughout it's the book. It's book, essentially. Kind of replaced, but then to become book, again. Book also is another character that we'll get into. So the Colonel's yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, and then Senor Ricchetti is also gone, who is another kind of like sidekick guy. So both of them are gone. Uh, and they weren't really suspects in the book. It's kind of like the doctor situation in Murder on the Orient mm -hmm. Express, where it's like, he wasn't a suspect, so we're just going to get rid of him. So there's only suspects. <laughs> and then, I don't want to talk about Book yet. Because uh, <laughs> his is a... It's, it's the main it's one. A, He's the main one. It's the one. main one. Uh, obviously, they make some changes with uh, the... Salome Otterborn uh, is a romance novelist in the book. Uh, she but instead, she's a blues jazz singer who, mm -hmm. instead of being accompanied by her daughter, Rosalie, has her niece and business manager, Rosalie, yep. with her. So very different dynamic there between mm -hmm. them. And also <laughs> kind of a different tie to Lynette because of that. In the movie, the Lynette like hires her to come perform for them throughout this weird group honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. We already mentioned the change with the um with Miss uh Mrs. Bowers and mm -hmm. Marie but in the movie, they have Marie give up. She's like giving up her wealth and she lives this like communistic lifestyle. Because uh, 1930s. Kind <laughs> of was like an absorption of Mr. Ferguson, who was a communist character in the book. So yeah. they kind of like absorb that trait into her, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, Mrs. Bowers is kind of like a composite of Marie's nurse and her cousin, Cornelia Robson, who they like. Yeah. Combine those characters, but then also made them lesbians as well. So there's a lot yeah. of changes with those characters. Who else? <laughs> there's, there's so many. I think there's those are the main ones, though. Oh, well, Linus who is Russell Brand, and you almost can't recognize him, uh, uh -huh. stands in for Charles Wind Windlesham, who was the guy that got rejected by Lynette, and Dr. Besner, who helps yeah, uh, he's with another, Simon. He's another merged character. Merged he, character, yeah. He fulfills both, where he was a doctor that... Dated also dated and was rejected, rejected by, by yeah. so they combine those two um is that everyone besides book other than the mother and son duo which which we're gonna get into and then i, I really quick i want to touch on with jackie i just wish that we had gotten more of her backstory in the movie because she is kind of a tragic character 
It's like when you like learn more about her life, it's kind of really sad, uh, which makes her a bit more of a sympathetic. Also explains, though, why she's good with a gun. <laughs> yes. Her father taught her. She's a really good marksman. I skip over all of that. And so the movie kind of just portrays her as this sad, crazy person, crazy, rejected (laughs) ex-lover. And it's a real bummer because, again, she the actress did a phenomenal job. And I feel like she really could have played up that depth of character with the backstory had they given it to her. Oh, yeah. Um, So that's not I mean, that's like a slight change to character. So I will mention that. Um. But yeah, I think uh, all that's left is the big one. So Book, who was already changed in Murder on the Orient Express from an old man to a young, suave gentleman. They Mm -hmm. also decided that they liked him so much they wanted to bring him into this one. Which, don't get me wrong, I love Book. I think he's funny. I think he's a fun character. But they can understand. I can understand the thought process, too, of... It would probably be nice to have more than just Hercule be a, a recurring, recurring character, character from the first movie. Like it would be it'll it would probably be nice as the audience to see more than one familiar face when there are so many characters to keep track of. Yeah. So they essentially have him replace Tim in the book. Tim is yep. a guy who's on this trip with his mom and falls in love with Rosalie and her his mom's totally mm-hmm. fine with it. So they get rid of Tim and Tim's mom and replace them with Book and Book's mother, who's this kind of free thinking artist who is overprotective so, mom. Yeah, overprotective. And then some like we said, somehow hires Perot to investigate Rosalie because she doesn't think that she's good enough for Book. And then and this is what really irks me because Book replaced Tim they have his character do stuff that seems out of character for Book who was a character that was established in Murder on the Orient Express Mm -hmm. with him kind of lying and stealing and all of that I'm like that's not the character that he is he is very wealthy and I know that it's oh I don't want I don't need my mother's approval, so I don't need my mother's money. I'm like, you'd never needed your mother's money. They tried (laughs) to reason. Yeah, they tried to find other reasons to back up those actions, but they were still very weird. And I didn't like it because I loved Book's character and then they kind of ruined him. And then they went ahead and killed him. He's not the one that's supposed to die. (laughs) It's the it's the singer, Rosalie's aunt, who is a singer in the movie, a novelist in the book. Mm-hmm. She is the one. She's the last person who's supposed to die. Except how could they do that to Poirot's new potential love interest? Yes, they could never. <laughs> so instead they kill Book, which I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Is still heartbreaking for Poirot because Book was like. He loved him as like. And it's sad for Rosalie. Yeah. So everyone's just... They're happily ever after. And then it's sad for the mom. Even after they convince his mom to come around. It's just sad for everyone. It felt excessive. I was already sad about Lynette. And then they kill Book. (laughs) I'm like, you guys suck. 
<laughs> um, so yeah, as you can tell, that's a very big grievance for me. I don't like it. Mm. And that's the one thing not a fan. <laughs> that bugged me the most in the whole movie. Even before I'd read the book, I was like, how dare they do that to him? And then they also, of course, changed Book to be the one to steal the necklace when he is not the one to steal the necklace. In the book. Mm -hmm. Book is not the one in the book. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so I that makes him seem just, yeah, kind of like. And the way that he sketchy, suspicious, lied (laughs) to Perot because he didn't want Perot to know that he stole the necklace. I'm like, no, they're supposed to be friends like he doesn't he wouldn't lie to him. And yeah, so. <sighs> that was the big thing. That was that's my big one. They just should have left it. If they wanted to bring in Book, that's fine. But I wish that they had brought him in just as a sidekick character and left Tim. The rest of the characters. And the mom and let that all play out the way it was supposed to. And had Book mm-hmm. just be this fun sidekick guy who's just there to question going everything. around as, yep, as... Perot's like sounding board, essentially. (laughs) And gets to live happily ever after at the end. Well, because the thing is, too, is I think that's that was my other reason for why I don't think there'll be more movies. Because they killed the other recurring character. Yeah, they really just drove the nail in the coffin, literally, with that one. Yeah. So So, there you go. There's our thoughts on Death on the Nile. (laughs) Uh-huh. We do have a fan faux pas. Yes. That you will read because I read the one from last week. Yes. <laughs> um, was it a message or a comment? It was comment. a comment, right? Okay. So this one is from uh Sword of a Lot Cosplay on uh Instagram, or also known as Tifa. Shout out to Tifa. What's up? She's a really good friend of mine. That's why. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, she said, and this is a little bit of uh, both. A two for one. Films. It's, uh, yes, a little two for one because we didn't get in time for last episode. So we this will cover both Orient Express and Death in the Nile. She said. <clears throat> Hold on, let me get a drink. My throat hurts after that rant that I went on about book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she says, I really liked both films. I grew up reading Agatha Christie novels and Orient Express was one of my absolute favorites. I do have a few grievances, though. For Orient Express, I like the changes they made to characters to accommodate casting. I thought it worked well. I liked how Book became this sort of nephew of the owner who's just working for his family. I thought he was a fun sidekick character. But some of the changes they made to the story were a little weird to me. Making Perot some sort of action hero with a tragic past, the war, and Catherine was kind of a weird call since Perot is such a classic character. He's always described as kind of ridiculous and this meddlesome little Belgian man with a weird egg-shaped head, and here he's running (laughs) after a suspected killer with a gun? It felt a little off-brand. And the whole, I can't let the killers escape justice, you'll have to kill me first take, was also very strange for Perot. Since in the book, he leaves the choice up to book on which true ending the case had, and didn't seem bothered with lying to the police. 
that's all for Murder on the Orient Express. Everything we definitely Basically heartily agree about. with. But uh, some of that also carries over to this one. <laughs> yes. For Death on the Nile, I really liked the overall story and pacing of the movie. I thought they did a good job. Again, I liked the changes to the casting and characters. I thought it still worked well with the story. Bringing back Book was fun, but I was not a fan of the weird subplot where his mother hired Perot to investigate Rosalie. If I'm remembering correctly, the character from the book that Book kind of replaced in the movie didn't have any sort of issues between his mother and his girlfriend. And I'm not sure what it added to the story to introduce that conflict just to kill off Book immediately after, other than giving Perot more of a tragic hero kind of deal. Also kind of yeah. strange that the mustache got a tragic backstory in the movie version. So overall, I enjoyed the movies and books, both despite their differences. There were little changes I didn't really vibe with, mostly about the characterization of Perot, but not enough to make me unable to enjoy the movies. And I can agree with that. And I would say, especially, yeah, it, as much as I rant and complain about this stuff, the movies are really good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I mentioned at the beginning, super enjoyable. Just if you compare different and if you and if you read the book i feel like the book makes more sense yes and in all honesty as much as i do love death on the nile i will probably watch it again i will still be bitter about the death of book <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah still bitter about that that didn't and need to happen still very <laughs> sad about gal dying <laughs> yeah only because it's Gal Gadot. And we Only because she's such a phenomenal actress and I wanted to watch her the entire movie. Yep. Um, so that just leaves our final age old question here of. Was the book better? Yes. yes. Yeah, and, it was. and again, I'd say we said it last week. I'd say it again. If you haven't read Agatha Christie before, I would say it's worth doing. And again, She's the nice got a thing lot of them is you don't have to read them in order because there nope. is no tragic backstory that you have to piece together. No, they're all standalone. Pick one that sounds interesting and just read it. If you purposely want to pick a different one because you don't want to already know the ending, so you don't want to do one that's been turned into a movie. She's got lots of options to pick from. It's true. She has so many. So, so just pick many. a different one. <laughs> um but that's uh that's our thoughts on death on the nile by agatha christie i will say that this i other than the 2022 version this adaptation i believe there are at least three other film adaptations done prior uh to yeah. the 2022 of death on the nile um so if you're a film buff you could always check those out and then do a movie to movie comparison but otherwise, if you haven't checked out our last episode and you are a fan of Agatha Christie, we did do Murder on the Orient Express. Um, last week, we did a gratitude mini-sode. We just talked about, you know, some of the things we're grateful for. Because it is November, it is that season, and tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Next week's mini-sode... Right. So we're, we're trying to be more on the ball this time where it'll be right before December starts. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies. Um, so if you are looking for new holiday movies and things to check out, then 
that'll be a good mini sound to listen to. We'll give and you lots gonna, of ideas. We're going to try to not just talk about the classics, because I know we've already done a mini sound talking about our favorite classic Christmas movies. This is going to be maybe ones you haven't thought about. Oh, nah, man. Hallmark. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll definitely be talking about Hallmark movies. And she hung up on me. There you are. It My says that. Died. Oh, okay. I was like, it says that there's three of you on here. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Well, what a lovely thing to happen right at the end. So let's just wrap this up. Well, we still are we supposed it. to do a we mini sewed. It's fine. I'm charging my iPad right now. Okay. <laughs> it's already plugged in, but. Um, but yes, Hallmark movies galore. Um, and other lots of Christmas fun stuff. Yeah. Um, for the next mini-sode, right to start off December. Um, and then December 7th, our next main episode, we will be covering Jane Austen's Persuasion and comparing it to the new Netflix version. Yeah. Um, we will be joined by our friends from We Ship It podcast for that episode. So. Should be exciting. We love having yeah, uh, both Steph and Dev on. They're always, uh, they always give some good insights. And especially because Kaylee's going to be so upset about this one. It'll be fun to have some other perspectives. Uh, okay. It's not, it's not like I'm a Jane Austen purist. Like, I obviously enjoy other film adaptations of Austen's works, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll get into we'll it. We'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, we appreciate you listening. As always, if you wouldn't mind and you have the time and you enjoy us, please rate, leave a review, subscribe, those fun things on whatever um, platform you do listen on. But otherwise, we hope that you have a great week. And don't forget to read.